And now, right. you know, okay, so let's go to the needle. I played a clip from you, honestly, I think it was about a year and a half ago when you was talking about cats on, on the juice, and you was like, hey, man, these are big boys up here. That'd be murder if I if I end up taking the juice and I ain't mess around and kill somebody. Exactly. Now, you're taking your life, you know, you, you're putting your life on the line. Boxing's the only sport you don't play. And you're putting your life on the line every time you step on the ring. And for that, you deserve the utmost respect for entertainment and for, you know, for your own being able to take care of your family. Guys now are coming up. This is three in a row, right? Three cats in a row who have come up dirty on your watch. What Correct. can we do as fans? Can we write a petition? What can we do to make sure that the sport gets cleaned up? I'm looking at all these undefeated records. King Kong Ortiz, undefeated. Joseph Parker, undefeated. Everybody's trying to protect this record so much that they're literally willing to cheat directly beyond just the judges. They, they should, see, that's what I think. I think they should they get should a, loss a loss on their record. Yeah. Now, what, what can we do to ensure these individuals are being clean? Well, now, now y'all bring a good, a good point about the put the loss on the record. I ain't thought about that one. Now that 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 one is a good one right there. I think they should they should do that. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a talk. I'm a see. Can I put that in consideration and put it in somebody's ear for that one? Now they should be on because a lot of them try to protect their records and and try to, but they use their PED to to get a boost. You know what I mean? They wanna what they wanna do is they wanna use and then they wanna use and abuse because you definitely abuse your body doing this stuff and then after they win they want to look themselves in the mirror and say i did it right i'm a champion right you know what i'm saying i, I, I you know what i'm saying did, which, which you really didn't do nothing you had a buddy to help you out right. but you know man it, it's but the thing about it i i think another thing not only just taking that record and putting that 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 um making that put a loss on that record but i also think that they should do more with the extension of uh, the, the the suspension thing because six months, come on, man, that ain't nothing. That ain't you know, enough. That's, that's more. That's equal out to uh, you one being fight. Injured. Yeah, yeah, that, you know that equals exactly. That's something. like you breaking your hand. You broke your hand against a, a, a Mexican homie from Riverside. Yeah, there you go. But you got to put like two of, years on them, right? Two years would probably man, be better. Put two years on them. Put a high fine. Maybe put a hundred k on them. Yeah, I mean, and an L. Eight thousand. That ain't you and the L, you know. But also, if and then when you become a second offender, a third offender, you should do a year in prison, man. <laughs> you hey. you gonna lock him up? Wow, you gonna hide the face? You gonna lock him up? That will get the attention. That'll get the attention because think about it. You putting some in your body to harm another person. You actually you know are, I mean? that, that's especially true. in the big boys, especially with the it's, big boys. Especially with the big boys with the ten ounce gloves on, and keep in mind your head is not meant to be hit in the first place. Right. Right? And now you're trying to do something. And I always look at myself with all the attributes and the, and the the things that come with me. Imagine if I I, I put something in my body. Nah, come on, man. man that I'm, ain't right. I'm I'm finna kill somebody. It, it, it's real. Yeah, it's true. real. Hey. No Ozone is my witness, an icon like icons, keep your eyes on the mistress. Wait, what is this? A lot of pressure on me, but you don't know me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother from the same mother, Terry Miller, and we got an action-packed show for you today. I'm so excited, I don't even know what to do with myself. Ladies and gentlemen, the World Series is upon us, and it's almost over. And if you listened to the Ozone last week, you may think that we are ultimately Negro Damas <laughs> because the series has played out exactly a combination of what the icons and myself have predicted would happen. Yes, very much so. And we want to speak on that. Game six is about to start in a couple hours. Uh, could be night-night for the Dodgers, or it could not be, and it could be heading for an epic showdown of a game seven with all hands on deck. Uh, and then we have a, a real milestone for the Ozone. One thing that we love is welcoming new members to the Ozone family. We got the heavyweight champion of the world, ladies and gentlemen. We have Deontay Wilder that's waiting in the wings. Hello. Bomb squad. He's ready. He's ready to drop the ones and twos on the microphone and let us know what's going on in the heavyweight division. We got next victim calling in with the college report. And I hear out on the streets of America, we got Trucker Day ready to talk about the NFL. But let's start off with our favorite sport, a game so fine it is played on diamonds. That's Major League Baseball, folks. The Dodgers are down 3-2 to two in what happened to be the greatest sporting event that I personally ever witnessed that happened last Sunday night. 
How about that game five? Woo, how about the whole series? Forget how about, about the series? Him. The series is bananas. Toe-to-toe, pound-for-pound. Pound. Give me the top three things that have gone wrong that you you are surprised about. Being surprised about is not – Maybe not surprised about. Yeah. Just, just things, things, that, things that – let's talk about the managers. Let's talk about the top three things that each manager has done wrong. They've done a lot of stuff right. They sure have. And so it's hard to well, knock. Let's start with the positive. Yeah, then. It's hard to <laughs> knock the stuff that they've done wrong. First of all, I think that one of the things they've done wrong is start uh, for your boy Roberts is start Rich Hill. <laughs> that's that's first and foremost, you know. And I'm still not a crazy fan of Logan Forsythe, although he is getting the job done. Logan Forsythe, you balling. know, I can't front on Logan. And then you talk about with Jock Pedersen. That's a great move that it actually is paying off for them. You know, Dave so, Roberts pushes the right button. He pushes the right button. Unbelievable. Uh, Jock Peterson had a terrible, terrible second half of the season. Like he had a terrible first half. He did to the point where, like, he at, went down to the minors at the stadium. The rumors were that Jock Peterson may not even be on the the roster at the beginning yes. of next year. Yes. And Jock Peterson stepped up in game two, popped up in the lineup out of nowhere. People were like, Jock Peterson started, and Jock Peterson hits a bomb off of Justin Verlander in a in a situation where, by the way, we were there. Justin Verlander had total domination over the Dodgers at that point. Yeah. They looked very, very uh, intimidated. They didn't look like they were in the game, and they were only down one to nothing, and it looked like it, they were down 10, and it felt like they were down 10 to nothing. Right. And Dave Roberts has pushed that button right. Now, one thing that I feel like has happened in this series with both of these young managers is there's been some panic that has happened. Like I, bringing Brandon Morrow back in? Why do we need to bring – what's wrong with Tony Cingrani? Yeah, or bringing Ken Lee Jansen in in a non-closing situation? Let's speak on that because Alex Bregman brought that up. When he hit the bomb off of Ken Lee Jansen in game four in a game that was 6-1, 6-1. to one. Six to one. There's no reason for Kenley Jansen to be in the game. It's under control. Yes. And you bring in Kenley Jansen, Alex Bregman takes him yard, and then you fast forward to the end of the greatest game maybe ever played, and Alex Bregman talks about what happened at the plate. You look comfortable against Kenley Jansen. Is that possible? I wouldn't say that. He's a stud. He, he, uh, he's got great stuff, and... Um, Honestly, was just trying to square a ball up, and I, I didn't think he'd throw me the slider because I hit it last night. So I was up there looking only for that cutter and uh, trying to get it down so I could stay on top. He gets a lot of uh, he gets a lot he gets a lot of fly balls, so I was trying to stay on top of it. So you're uh, as the inning is unfolding in front of you, and eventually you go, I'm gonna have a chance to win this. When did it start registering as the inning was going unfolding for you? You know. With this lineup, anybody can win it. And um, you saw McCann hit a big homer that really, now looking back on it, saved the game. And um, if he didn't win it and Springer didn't win it, I thought I'd have a shot. And as soon as, uh, as, soon as they walked Springer, I took one final swing and I looked in the dugout and Correa said, let's go, it's you, let's go. Man, Major League Baseball is the best. The World yeah. Series is the best. You know, uh, I think one thing that they did wrong as well is um, A.J. Hinch stuck with Ken uh, Giles as yes. his guy. And when, when it was clear to everybody in the world that Ken Giles wasn't going to get it done. And this is not the time to stick with the guy who you brought you there. Because no. Because Ken Giles actually has lost his confidence. He's lost his confidence. And even, you know, I mean, even. Since, and his stuff. <laughs> and he, he completely lost his stuff. Because he's throwing a 100-mile-an-hour straight fastball. Very flat. And, uh, and it's interesting because if it's me. If I'm A.J. Hinch, I use Francisco Liriano for one inning as my new closer. I think Francisco Liriano could still close if you tell him, listen, blow it out, throw that change up, and blow it out, and that's all we got. That, this is what we're going for. Well, there's a few guys in his bullpen that he should have used earlier, and they wouldn't have been as rusty, like Colin McHugh. Yeah, who had been and pitching Luke well. Yeah, and Luke Gregerson. Colin McHugh shut down the Yankees. If he shuts down the Yankees, I definitely believe he can shut down the Dodgers. That's a good point. It's a good point. So I don't, I don't know with the latest with, with that – but as far as the series itself goes, pretty much every game has been tight late. Right. There's the, the only games that, that – even the game that ended up lopsided was tight late. I mean, we're seeing two games going to extra innings. We're seeing both closers get jumped on. Now everybody's eyes are tuned in. Everybody's eyes are airtight. There's no surprises coming out of anybody's bullpen. And I have to say that really negates the Dodgers' clear advantage in this series. Their advantage has been taken away because their bullpen got decimated the last two games. So they don't really have an advantage anymore. They needed a rain delay tonight. They, yeah, they needed something to stop the bleeding because right now they're in a bad way. I don't think that they're going to win today. 
it's going to be very difficult to think that Rich Hill's going to uh, outpitch Justin Verlander. Yeah, now they they should bring in you Darvish. <laughs> I agree. If to me, I would go Rich Hill and Darvish. Rich Hill, Darvish, Jansen would be the the ideal scenario. Well, now Ken Lee threw almost forty pitches the other night. Yeah, that was two days ago. All hands on deck. Uh, uh, for some reason, Colson can't throw every day. For some reason. Yeah, he could throw every day when he was a catcher. Yeah, or when he was a kid. Now all of a sudden, I'm When he was paid. a catcher as an adult. He right, was, but you know I'm talking I mean? about now you get millions and now I can't throw every day. Very bizarre. That's a whole different conversation, but yes. Um, and but but and then game seven, I go Wood, Kershaw, anybody else that's necessary because then everybody's back 100%. Right. Watson, Chingrani, you know, uh, Maeda, all of them. I'm very interested to see what happens tonight. Uh, this is the last hurrah for the Dodgers. It's a little misty out here in L.A., folks. And what's interesting is the first game I went to at Dodger Stadium this year was a World Baseball Classic game that was played in the rain. And this could potentially be the same setting for right. the last game of the season. Right. Which is something poetic about that. Now, if the Dodgers don't win this, what would you do to this squad? Would you implode it? What would you do? No. I mean, this Dodger squad is is among the best in baseball, if not the best in baseball. There's nothing that you do except for maybe make a more clear delineation so that you don't have to plug and play as much. So I think, you, I think you know, it's probably the end of the road for Andre Ethier, even though Andre Ethier came in and gave you a very professional at-bat the other night yeah. that was clutch, that led to that rally, the big big piece of the key of that rally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you do that. I think that the bullpen is pretty tight. I think you got to figure out what you're doing with the starters. They signed Rich Hill for three years. For I don't what know. I have no idea. I mean, if you look at his record, you can't front on Rich Hill. I understand what you're saying, but yeah, you okay. can't front on Rich Hill. I talked to a slugger at the uh, at the stadium, and he said, "Yeah, Hill is very interesting. I've never really had a an uncomfortable at bat against him, but at the same time, you look up and you're 0 for three against him. He has that effect. It's very interesting. But he's not a guy that I can trust in World Series like that. And although they're trusting him tonight, and obviously they have to trust him tonight. Yeah, but they didn't trust him really in the first time he pitched because they snatched him out of their ASAP as soon as he looked like he, because he was in trouble almost every inning. So they ended up grabbing him early and going to the bullpen, which you have to do. I commend him, you know, because – I commend Dave Roberts because he's no nonsense. Yeah. Dave Roberts – Ross Stripling came in and walked a guy on four pitches out of the bullpen, and Dave Roberts' seat didn't even get cool from him getting off of it, and he went right back out there and was like, you're not ready, son. And what's even trippier than that is that he doesn't even make eye contact with him. (laughs) Get out the game. Give me that ball, man. Give me the ball. Bring (laughs) it to the lefty, please, man. Yeah, so I don't know. I think that uh, I actually, like I said in our preview of the World Series, I wanted the Dodgers, but I feared the Astros would win in six. Hopefully I'm not right. But Hopefully I am. We're, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but we will see shortly. Because the other thing that I've seen is George Springer has turned it on for them in a way that's been incredible. Uh, they stopped being able to get George Springer out after midway through the second game. And ever since then, he's been giving them fits. It's not even midway through the second game. It was like literally his first at bat in the second game. He started walking. He took his walk. He took a walk. He, he sure took a did. walk and he reset him. He took a walk and, and reset got, him, and then he hit a bomb. <laughs> and then it was all on after it's that. It's been on. And for me, he's the MVP of their team so far. And I'm going with Altuve. But Altuve, dead center bomb, was very Jeter-esque. I mean, but he's, um, George Springer tied the game up off of Brandon Morrow first pitch out of the stadium. <laughs> but the reason the reason he tied him up is because he had tricked in center field. Yeah, but he picked him up so much before that. Up. Come he on, man, double down the line, walk. He, now let's talk about home runs because the biggest home run of the series, in my opinion, other than the Marvin Gonzalez home run against Kenley Jansen, uh, was that home run that Gurriel hit against Clayton Kershaw to tie the game. But I don't even want to talk about that. I want to talk about this totally, completely unacceptable, inappropriate behavior that Yuli Gurriel engaged in. Right. And this is where I have to recant with the Derek Jeter. Uh, you would never see the cap do something like the that. Jeter would never do anything like Baseball-wise, skill set, I, I will not recant on that. He is just as good, was as good as Derek Jeter. I don't even know why you have to double but, down on this, Trump. But, but with the his that that was so inappropriate and wasn't called for. I don't even know what, what the purpose was. I've been in the... Dugouts forever. I've never seen like I've never seen that. Yeah, I've never seen anybody. And I faced all all sorts of international pitchers. Yeah, uh, from <laughs> people from all sorts of different cultures. And I, you know, I have a I have a serious problem with Major League Baseball stance. They said Rob Manfred said that he took a cue from you Darvish, which was, oh, you uh, Darvish had came out with that beautiful statement. After for anybody who's living under the rock, Yuli Gurriel hit a home run off of Yu Darvish in Game Three, and then in turn mocked him by doing an inappropriate gesture uh, to pointing towards Yu Darvish's eyes. 
unacceptable. The cameras caught it, thank God, and it's totally unacceptable. You Darvis responded with his initial emotion being frustration, and then he said, you know what? Everybody has bad days. Let's hope that he learns how to grow from this because I'm sure that the Astros have Asian fans as well. Yeah, really he, classy yeah, response. He said everybody makes mistakes, and we yeah. should just move on, which is awesome. Now, the problem is, is that in tolerating that to make it a, a suspension for the top of next season, Major League Baseball has actually given a very, very soft stance on that. I personally, as a person of color who played a lot of baseball in Orange County, California, where there is the orange bubble and a lot of white folks who are undercover prejudice, yeah. uh, I know what that's like to be alienated in that way, and it's not cool. At all. And I really, I think that they should have taken a stand. I think that they should have, I think they should have suspended him for one game of the World Series because ultimately he let the team down. He hurt the team with that because he hurt the sport with that. And he gave the game a black eye with that. And that's not acceptable. And for that punishment to go at the start of the 2018 season, potentially after he gets in, maybe he'll miss his ring ceremony and miss the parade. No, you know what? You hurt the team and you should pay for that. And not pay for it in the in that sense. Suspend him for one World Series game is the equivalent of suspending him for ten regular season games. Especially if the pace he's hitting home runs. <laughs> yeah, and and everything. I mean, he's a five two guy. He can do yeah. it all out there. Yeah. I, it just I I just have a zero tolerance policy for that sort of buffoonery. I'm very disappointed in Yuli Gurriel. That was I was I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I, I just I was just sitting there watching. Like, what is that? What is it about? I I couldn't even understand what. What does that have to do with you hitting a bomb? Yeah, you just went deep. Which is the ultimate. Yeah. The only thing better than that is knocking somebody out. <laughs> Dante, I'm at the mountaintop. <laughs> I'm at the mountaintop. Bomb squad. And so I'm very disappointed. Another thing that you brought up that I'm also disappointed by with Major League Baseball is, is when you watch the coverage, I love, love David Ortiz. I love Frank Thomas. I love Keith Hernandez. Yeah. I grew up playing with a Keith Hernandez first baseman glove. I love Keith Hernandez. Right. Why is Alex Rodriguez on the panel giving baseball advice when he's been a juicer his whole life? Why are they signing off on that? Because that's what they, because because they decide to give you a five game suspension after the fact is why. Right now, if that's the case, I would rather see Barry Bonds than Alex Rodriguez. Hundred percent. Come on, man. Alex Rodriguez is sort of patronizing. I don't like his soft approach. I don't. I don't even like the way he carries himself around the other these other players who actually were great. Without substance abuse. <laughs> exactly. You you can't compare your numbers to the big hurt. And I'm surprised, and I'm surprised that nobody calls him on that. Right. I mean, and part of it is because he has, has the most career earnings in the history of Major League Baseball. So it's hard for them to say anything when the guy has made five hundred million dollars by cheating. Cheating has and totally crazy numbers. and stupid numbers that stand for some reason. Eventually they'll vote him into the hall. Right. There is no punishment. Cheating totally and completely prospers nowadays. So if you're not going to punish him, why is Barry Bonds being left out? This is what I want to know. Why is Barry Bonds being left out? Barry Bonds was a better hitter than he was. Barry Bonds. <laughs> Barry Bonds is the all-time, all-time home run leader now. Now, I wonder, I wonder if that's a choice from him or them because, you know, he uh, was. Barry Bonds wanted in. Well, he was, you know, he was on the Marlins staff for that, that year. So yeah. he was back in baseball. They let him back in, you know, but they've actually just dropped A-Rod back into the middle of everything. They sure have and fully embraced him. him. Given him uh, uh, a press. Carte blanche. You know, yeah, he's got carte blanche. Do whatever he wants to with baseball. And and we're supposed to take his word like it's Bible. And, and not only that, though, he's, he's the kid. Now he wants to have kids look up to him and everything else. What? So you here. can teach the kids how to juice in high school? And I'm going to tell you something. Honest to God, you think – are you crazy? I, I, you can give me Pete Rose and his offenses every day of the week before a guy like exactly. A Rod, because A Rod has put up bogus numbers, and Charlie Hustle didn't do nothing but bang a baseball. <laughs> All he might have bet on himself banging a baseball. <laughs> yeah, I bet him going three for four. <laughs> yeah, I bet you I go three for four today. I bet you that, and then come out and go five for six, right? Because the big red machine's putting up runs, Jack. Go show you some leather and everything else. Tough as nails. Not going to break under pressure like A Rod. I mean, but A-Rod, this is a microcosm of what goes on nowadays in the world when you got all these people who are being rewarded for bad behavior. Preach. It's ridiculous. You got the president. You got him. You, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's going too far. Let a guy like A-Rod sit on the sidelines with his face smashed against the window looking in, just like you do. And let him enjoy his $500 million yeah, enjoy from, your money. from outside. Exactly, from outside. But guess what? Don't let him into the stadiums and act like he's done something that, that wasn't inappropriate. He's done. He's, he's been wrong for baseball. He's been bad for baseball, and also he's been bad for the other people 
who were competing against him exactly before he became a major league baseball star because there's a guy somewhere right now that's living a life beneath what he should be living because he didn't get the shot to perform in the way that Alex Rodriguez did based on Alex Rodriguez's bogus numbers. Exactly, but there's a lot of people nowadays that say, hey, man, that guy should have took should have juiced too. A lot of people say that. You know, that's how people feel nowadays. Really sad. Yeah, it is sad because A-Rod should not be rewarded for what he's done in the past. He's been now. rewarded he's- financially because ultimately that's what it should be about. He got compensation for that. He got but compensation. Now, but now, what do we do? What do we call this that he's doing now for the for the World Series? And he's getting paid for that. Don't sleep. I'm very disappointed in it. I have to be honest. I'm very disappointed in it. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, that's 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 where we are on baseball. Some very interesting storylines going on. Yeah. Let me ask you one question though. Who do you think is the MVP of the Dodgers if they win it? That will be revealed tonight and tomorrow. If the Dodgers win the World Series. That person will reveal themselves in game six and seven. Hundred percent. As of right now, I would have to say Justin Turner. Justin Turner? Justin Turner's struggling. Justin Turner is struggling, but he gets big knocks from time to time. No, it couldn't be Justin Pre? Turner. If if I had to pick Alex between, Wood? If I had to pick between Justin Turner and Puig, I would pick Puig. I would take Kiki Hernandez over Justin Turner right now. Justin Turner hasn't gotten hit in a long time. He's been struggling. He's struggling. He's I mean, even Cody Bellinger's numbers are better than his, and Cody Bellinger well, Cody stung Bellinger his junk. just woke up. Yeah, he, stuck, he was stinking the joint up. Yeah, they have, they've been having JT under control. Yeah. Might be Chris Taylor, low-key, because Chris Taylor, even though his numbers aren't fantastic, he's been getting big hits. And surprisingly, he coordinated a ball to bounce off of his hat, which was great defense. <laughs> that was great defense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm so discombobulated by what's going on with the Dodgers right now. It may end up being a pitcher. I don't know. We're going to see. Hopefully, it, the beat turns around and it turns out to be Clayton Kershaw because maybe what happens is, is that Clayton Kershaw has to go in a Game 7 situation and gives you that shutdown scenario that, that makes guys great. You know, that's what that, this is what it is. He could go – he could end up – truth be told, if he came back in Game 7 and had to come in and shut it down, he could end up 2-0 and you know, two and zero in the World Series, or one and zero with the save, or something like that. Right. Something crazy, you know right. what I mean? You just don't know. You just don't know. It's hard to call. But as of right now, the the you know, Houston Astros are getting sized up. But this is Major League Baseball. We never know what's going to happen. Right. One of the best things about the Astros is that, like I tell you all the time, they can hit good pitching, and that's that's key. Yeah, and that's that's key. That's very rare. If you name the list of guys that the Astros have banged out. Over this playoff season, it is a, like a candidacy for uh, Cy Youngs and closer uh, reliever awards. Yeah, they got Bregman the Kimbrel. <laughs> Seriously, he's a one man wrecking crew. This guy, he is. they got to the Kimbrel, which is almost impossible. They gave it to Kenley Jansen. They gave it to Clayton Kershaw. Araldus. They gave it to Chris Sale. They gave it to Araldus Chapman. They gave it to Deline Batances. Yes. Uh, who else? They they banged out. I think David Price actually shut them down. Was I think that was the time David Price came in the game. But they gave it to everybody else on the Boston pitching staff. Right. I think they they, they didn't give it to Tanaka. Tanaka actually Tanaka, shut them down. He had done well against them. Yeah, which was a surprise because both of us thought yeah, from historically they own him. him. Yeah. He, Tanaka made an adjustment because he's a winner. Yeah. That was very impressive. Went to the slide piece. And stayed Stan, away from the split piece. He did. He did. <laughs> and they were surprised. You yeah, can see it. Like, and he also and he also went cheese. Yeah, he threw cheese. And yeah. That's rare for him. It is. He still had that ninety three with, with just enough. <laughs> just enough. All right, folks. Let's move on. We gotta we gotta get out to the stadium. Want to talk a little bit now about football? The NFL is in a precarious position this year, folks. There's a lot of controversy surrounding the NFL. And it continued this week with the Houston Texans owner, uh, which has resulted also in some midseason NFL moves, which never happen. Right. And they don't even make sense, most of these trades. Well, the, and you know what? The Texans traded Dwayne Brown. Dwayne is a monster, first and foremost. Secondly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he maybe even demanded that because maybe. he's a leader and he's not a guy that that messes around. He's not, you know what I mean? He's, he, he doesn't want to be around that nonsense. Yeah. Let's see what Trucker Dave has to say about it. Fellas, what's going on? Trucker Day, hey, hey. live in the Ozone. What's going on with you? Oh, not too much. What's happening, you guys? Oh, man, we're covering this incredible World Series. Who do you got coming out on top? Houston's up 3-2. to two. Do the Dodgers have a comeback in them, or, or do you think it's all Houston all day? Well, you know what? This one is so unpredictable. It's really, really hard to say, but with Verlander going on the mound, wow. I don't know. It's going to be hard to beat Houston. <laughs> it's but an, it seems it's like an uphill battle. Is, yeah, it seems like pitching doesn't matter anymore. So we'll see. I will say this to to the, to defend Clayton Kershaw. 
you know, everybody talks about Clayton Kershaw being different in the postseason than he is in the regular season. Say for about three innings, he's the same guy. But as for Sunday, I'll give this defense. Nobody got anybody out on Sunday. Not just Clayton Kershaw. Nobody. No pitcher could get any hitter out on Sunday. And that's just, it is I what agree it is. With you. Kenley. I mean, Kenley Jansen can't get you out. You, you're not going to get out. Dallas Keiko couldn't get anybody out. Nobody could get anybody out. But what we wanted to talk to you about was your specialty was the National Football League. We got a lot of things happening. <laughs> and we have, the, we have the controversy that's constantly swirling around the NFL right now. But then we also have a situation that just, just, it just puts fuel on the fire. Houston Texans owner decided to to make, come out of his face with a very clear comparison that showed his thought process and the thought process of the individuals who dedicated millions of dollars to the Donald Trump election campaign, which was the statement of saying, hey, we can't have the inmates running around here running the prison. I saw that. I saw that. And it was, you know, very offensive to those inmates. You know, they got really upset by that. Um, I just thought that he just he just said what he really felt and – and you know what? I, I was always under the impression, how can you get mad at a person for saying what they feel? Well, I mean, that doesn't that, – to <laughs> me, you can get really mad at them because there's a lot of people who say things that are absolutely outrageous. I mean, like, And that's outrageous, especially in this climate. Especially in this climate. And it's, and, and, it's infl- well, and it's inflammatory on purpose. Oh, it is. I mean, but why should he have to apologize? That's how he feels. He feels like they're, you know, like they're basically prisoners. This, you guys are the inmates. You're just, you're just the number. And that's how they're trading people. That that's amazing to me. I mean, you look at a guy like Jimmy, Big Jimmy, down there in uh, New England, and they're just like, you know what? You're just a piece of meat. While Tom Brady's deteriorating every week, you know, you got the future right there. So and they get rid of him. And there's a lot of in season, a lot of in season trades. Now I'm wondering if uh, if Dwayne Brown's trade actually has anything to do with this controversy. I think it has a lot to do with the controversy. And you can tell that he doesn't really want somebody that has a voice behind him. And so he's willing to get rid of one of the top ten linemen left in the in game. Football and this is this is exactly what I just said to T before before you called. <laughs> I said that Dwayne is a no-nonsense kind of dude who doesn't mess around. Oh, yeah. He has a voice. His wife has a voice as well, actually. She has her own following because she was a radio DJ. That's how they met. And she was a very popular radio DJ down in Houston. And she spoke right. out immediately. And I feel like this trade absolutely has to do with that. They're showing you that they're willing to hurt the team, the bottom line of the team, which then in turn might end up in Deshaun Watson getting hurt. That's true. Well, you know what? It's just back to the numbers again. They're looking at the draft. They'll say, well, we'll just draft another tackle. You know what I mean? It goes back to you're just a number instead of being a person. That was my whole point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look at the people as what they can bring to the team. They're being honest, and he's a person. You know, he has feelings. So when you say something like that, it hurts him. But my whole point was, like, <laughs> that's how he feels. I mean, it's kind of better to know how the people feel than not to know. For sure. But, I, you know, I'm a firm believer that uh, in that old quote that if you're a fool, it's better to keep your mouth shut and keep it in question as opposed to opening it and erasing all doubt. But you know what, though? When these guys, with all the power that they have and all the money that they have, they feel like they can say yeah. whatever, they can do whatever, and right. there's no consequences this or repercussions. Yeah, and this is where this is why the NFL sort of is weak, in a sense, because the players' wow. union and everybody else, is, when that something comes out like that, that's not just on the Texans. That should be on the whole league. They should all come out and be upset. This shouldn't be just one team or one person or anybody. It should be the whole league that's upset, and it should be the whole league that stands up for something. And everybody looks at this as entertainment, but now we see that it's crossing the lines. And if it crosses the lines, if it crosses the lines, then we need to, you know, we the people need to quit supporting things like that. Yeah, yeah. I just heard about this guy in New York who uh, who just said that he, you know, he was in the cab and he said, "I was, a, I'm a football fan of the NFL," and the cab driver told him to get out of his cab. Wow! Like some people are so offended by you know these statements that, or even the guys protesting. And uh, I think if anybody should be offended, it should be, like I was telling T, like guys like me and him who've actually served in the military. I and agree. I'm not even offended. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not so, offended. I'm not offended. Yeah, and a lot of veterans are not offended. So that this is yeah, this is it's your choice. They've 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 successfully, and it starts from the top with President Cheeto, 
and who right. knows how much longer he'll be out of handcuffs. But it starts from the top with him, <laughs> and and he has set the tone of lying and propaganda to make this to, right. to appear to make this about something that it's not. And right. and so it's another diversion tactic. We were talking about how difficult it is to get people to tell the truth nowadays, and uh, and it's it's amazing how that Winston Churchill quote that. A lie runs around the whole world before the truth has a plan, uh, a chance to put his pants on, and and, and it is oh, it, it is and it's and it's the truth. This kind of propaganda and it all really this other is, stuff man. it's a it's a problem. Now back to the actual brass tacks of the NFL. I have to say I was pretty disappointed in the Oakland Raiders this past weekend, even though we're going I through a heard, divorce. I haven't heard you speak about them in a little while. Either. I don't. I'm telling you, I'm going through a divorce. I'm trying to find a new team right now. I wanted to support the Dolphins, but then they signed Jay Cutler. Um, and now they got rid of Jay Ajayi for some reason. We got we got a lot of trades, a lot of midseason trades, which you don't really see in the NFL happening. Which what what do you think is the reason for that shakeup? Well, you know what? I think this is the most activity that football's had in a while because uh, there's nothing like the trading deadline in baseball. They're talking about basketball, but to me, baseball really brings it. But the NFL made some big moves this uh, this trade deadline, and I was really surprised. I mean, to trade Jay Ajayi. For a fourth round draft pick, what do you, what do you, what's the consensus? I don't get I that. Don't, I don't understand it either because you're talking about an unproven product that, and you're giving up one of the best running backs that'll have an offensive line <laughs> now, and you're giving him up for nothing for a fourth round pick that you don't know what well, you're going to get. Fourth round draft pick, I just don't get it. So nope. they, they, I don't understand just bad, that trade. Just bad logic going on in general. They just a lot of it around the league. I, honestly, oh, yeah. why is Trevor Simeon still starting? Exactly. I don't know. And if anybody should have made that trade, it should have been Denver. You could have at least got A.J. McCarron out of uh, Cincinnati. for. They, they could have got, why couldn't they be, get Garoppolo if, they, if he was on the market? Well, Bill Belichick probably wouldn't trade him to the AFC, you know. Maybe. Just in case he'll have to, have to face him again. But uh, you could get a guy that like A.J. McCarron that can make your team, you know, somewhat stable until you go back into the draft and see what uh, – coming out next year with Sam Darnold and a couple of these other guys like Rosen and all of these guys. Um, but it's, it's everything's changing every day, man. It's really amazing. Everything's changing. I mean, Calvin Benjamin got traded for nothing. I know, man. <laughs> for nothing. I, this is a part that you, I don't why understand. Do why? Why would you do that? He's a number one receiver. I don't understand. Maybe there's something that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know, but I don't understand why you give up Calvin Benjamin for a draft pick. He's a proven product. It's kind of like what – what what Big I was saying too. too, like you know, they don't want people to. Maybe if you're a little bit boisterous, they don't like that. They get him yep. out of here. Yep, it's the truth. You know, so I think there's some credibility in that. Wow. All right, Trucker Dave, appreciate you calling in. Midpoint of the NFL season. Who do you like so far? Who do you like coming out of the AFC? And who do you like coming out of the NFC? Well, you know what? People really have to give Deshaun Watson his credit, even though they didn't really want to. But the guy just passed Kurt Warner and the most touchdown passes by a rookie in eight games. He's got 19 touchdown passes. That's unbelievable, man. So I like – and the AFC, uh, I like them, but he doesn't have experience. Um, we'll have to see what Pittsburgh does. Of course, in the NFC, I like um, – I really like what the Eagles are doing, especially when you pick up Jay Ajayi, because now you're going to be able to run the ball if you can't pass the ball, and you got a good defense with Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. I, I really like what Philadelphia's doing. AFC. I really like Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia looks serious, and Carson Wentz looks very serious, very yeah. determined. Yeah. Yeah, he does, man. I believe that that guy, him and Deshaun Watson, I believe those two guys in the future can win you a Super Bowl. I believe they can. Right. They have what it takes. Yeah, I believe they got what it takes. Trucker Dave, where are you out in the roads nowadays? Well, we're in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Beautiful Norfolk. Weather's great. Um, beautiful lakes, beautiful out here, man. Well, God bless you, brother. Take care out there on the road, and you are always welcome in the Ozone. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. Late. Fantastic insight from Trucker Dave, and it's absolutely true what he's saying. It's just, just I don't, you know, it's more important to silence those voices than it is to win football games or or make money or anything else. Because we know that it all comes back to, to winning and money, but now we're seeing a new wrinkle, which is actually an old wrinkle, is that it always all comes back to power. And control. And control. Wow.
and control. And the man's thumb on your neck. Brother. <laughs> and it's kill, kill, kill. Thrill, thrill, thrill. Chaos rules. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know, that's an excerpt from one of our favorite shows from Don Adams. R.I.P. Don Adams. Forget smart. <laughs> Tremendous show. What? That ran in the 70s, folks. It's a great show. Saying, you hear um, what they're saying in the NFL, though, that Colin Kaepernick might have a job in the next 10 days. Wow. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Yeah. His his lawyer was reporting that, said he feels like he's expecting uh, um, Kaepernick to sign a contract within 10 days. Well, that would be interesting if that stops any kind of protesting. Uh, I don't know what's I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Indeed. The whole situation is messed up. What is this thing about Zach Miller breaking his leg or losing uh, his leg? Zach Miller, you know, the tight end for the uh, Chicago Bears, he, he caught a pass. It was a, it was a great catch, and, it, and the NFL ruled that it wasn't a catch on the defense. But if you watch the, the highlight of it, you'll see that his leg got bent backwards. Ooh. His whole leg and just twisted his knee or whatever. They said that it did something to his artery or, or something, and they ended up taking him to emergency surgery after he stayed on the field for a little while. But that night he was in danger of losing his leg. Literally, they were talking about amputating his leg. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I've never heard about that. Anything like that in football? Not in football, but when your body gets bent certain ways, that's like when people get ran over by cars and X, Y, and Z. Mm. You know, there's delicate behavior going on inside you of your body. You should look at You should look at Should and you shouldn't. But <sighs> his, his knee got completely twisted, mangled. And it was a great catch, too. And they ruled the catch off as well. NFL just can't win for losing nowadays. Right? How about that monster game up in Seattle? Oh, my goodness, that was a shootout. Russell Wilson is actually could be the MVP of the league. <laughs> he really turned his game up. Because Deshaun Watson threw all those touchdowns, and Russell Wilson still beat him. He had and 452 Russell, yards. Russell Wilson was like, oh, we need another one? No problem. Yeah. Let me strap on my helmet. And Houston has great defense. They yeah. have above-average defense, and he shredded them. I mean, carved. And regardless of whatever happens, Russell Wilson is always up for the task. You just can't you can't say enough about that guy as he's a guy solid, or as a as a player. Yeah, he's solid. He's a solid individual. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, on the line, the heavyweight champion of the world. Here come the champ. Deontay, the bronze bomber Wilder. What's up, man? What's up? Man, so happy to have you. I'm Big O. I'm here with my brother Terry Miller. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Man, ain't that much blessings, bro. Bless all up. around. Except for when you drop them ones and twos on people. That <laughs> you 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 blessing people with the knockout drops. Well, I, that's that's baptizing them. <laughs> <laughs> not in the not in the spirit though, right? <laughs> that's baptism by fire right there, Jack. Oh man. Now, let me tell you something. You know, we're gonna read off some of your accomplishments. Uh, this this ain't the time to be bashful. It is for you, but not for us. This is the champ, ladies and gentlemen. He's 38-0. He's got 37 knockouts, and he's looking to avenge the one man who actually went the distance with him this weekend. Uh, he, he brought the belt back to the United States of America, and he actually has done his part in reviving the sport of boxing. Tell you, I got to tell you, one thing that I love about you and I loved about you from the word go is you come off like a real dude. You come off like a real humble dude, and you come off like an individual that recognizes the prized possession of the heavyweight belt. And I, as an unfellow American, I appreciate you bringing it back home. Oh, man, appreciate it, man. And, you know, I just be me at the end of the day. I'm just, I be me, and I stay in my lane. I, I treat people with respect. that respect me, man. I, I love everybody, and I, I come in peace. And uh, that's what the world needs, man. It just needs peace. I love my occupation. I can whoop butt. But at the same time, man, I, I come in peace, and I want everybody to do well and do great. And being able to have this WBC belt as being an American here, you know what I mean? And it, it's, it's been a it's been a great possession of, of minds. And um, I just want to – but I want more, though. I want to unify. And, and that's what I'm looking for, to unify. And this is what we want to talk about. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, the good is, is as, as Ford mentioned, you baptize people with that right hand and they go to sleep and they, they, find, they find the Lord. It take them about a minute usually, <laughs> but, they, but they find the Lord. And one thing that I say I really like about you, man, is that in the world of heavyweights who refuse to get in shape, you've been able to come into fights in shape and dominate with your athleticism. I think that that's something that's really important to point out because your competition in the heavyweight division, the guys that you beat up on, some of them have come in sloppy, and you've made them pay for it. And your main nemesis right now is a guy that's in crazy shape. But I have to be honest, he doesn't seem like the most athletic individual in Anthony Joshua. 
It's been a war of words lately. I've heard all the talk. I want to get your take straight from the horse's mouth. Do you think he's scared? Do you think it's hype? Or do you think it's just a promotional thing why they won't make the fight with you? Man, I you know, as a fighter, I wouldn't as a fighter to another fighter, it takes a lot of nerves. It takes a lot of heart, you know what I mean, to to get up in that ring like that. And so I wouldn't say he's scared, but I I, I definitely say he's nervous, man. It's it's something about them. Him and him and uh, his promoter, they're, they're so nervous. You know, they know that I could be the end factor of that, this little organization they got going on in England with, with dealing with Joshua. You know, and it's just, they're making up so many excuses. I never heard a champion ever in history talk about, you know, not having lack, lack of confidence. You know, this man talking about, I don't know if I'm going to be ready next year or 2009 or 2020. I want to put myself in a better position to be able to beat Wilder. And you just don't talk like that. Or, or you don't, he don't you even don't say like he's that. the best. You know, I mean, look at look at past history with 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 uh, uh with uh Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, even coming from England, Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis would have never, he would have never not say he's the best, or he would have never not accepted a challenge like that. And man, these are the times that he in, that we're in, man, with these so-called champions. They don't want to fight. They rather build their resume. They rather hold on to what they got going on. See, he he's in he's in heaven where he is. So he's getting hmm. satisfied. He's so satisfied and being fulfilled with all this right here, which that ain't nothing. The mega the the mega boxing will always be in America. 100%. The money will always be in America. It looks good over there. That picture looks good, but it ain't what it says. Let me see the real. We know the real numbers. We know the real truth. And that's the thing about it. They want to hide away from it. They want to say all these different things, but forget all that. Let's make this fight happen. Like I said, I declare war upon him, and that's what I want. Do he accept? <laughs> let me, I hear you. Let me ask you this. Now, would it be would Vegas be a place that you would want to fight him in, or would you fight him in like a big arena that he just fought in uh, this weekend? Bro, my title says the heavyweight champion of the world. So with that being said, I would travel anywhere. Look, I'll, I I was going to Russia with Povakin. What and happened? He was scared, you and know? he had to needle he up. That's it's okay. Now, that, that's the other piece I want to speak on. Now with Joshua, in general, in boxing, we speak on it a lot, man. In general, I actually hate the fact that everybody wants to protect their their undefeated record so thoroughly that they rob the fans of fighting each other in what would be the best fights. Now, oh I'm, I'm telling you how I feel about it. Now, now Joshua and Klitschko, to me, was the fight of the year so far. I have to be honest. And my, right. br my brother took Joshua. I took Klitschko. And honest to God, I thought Klitschko, I thought Klitschko had him. He had him. He couldn't get him out of there. That age. <laughs> but, but it is what it is. My point is, nowadays, the undefeated record seems to be more important than the joy of competition, which ultimately brings you more money when you fight the people that you're supposed to fight. How have you avoided running in the division? Because I've been following you for a long time. I remember when you called out Klitschko, and he went yes. and decided he wanted to fight Fury and got beat yes. up. I remember when you called out all of these guys, and I have to be honest with you, champ, my biggest concern is you can't get enough rounds to stay as sharp as you could be to your top potential. How do you deal with that? Man, it's, it's, it's uh, just even when you mentioning that, bring me down back in memory lane, although I brings it up all the time, too. But just to hear it from another person to see what's going on and to understand and realize what's going on, man, it, it, it's, it's crazy. It make me shake my head, you know, yeah. because I have I have called out the best of the best that boxing has to offer. A lot of people don't know some just coming in, some just now understanding what's going on in boxing. But when it comes to Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder has called everybody the best of the best have called out and man it's just it's it's sad that these guys try to protect this this day the their record man because i'm willing to put this bet on the line i'm willing to, to put this record on the line for any heavyweight any any anyone they call the best i'm willing to put that on the line because i know i'm the best i know i can do what i what i know i'm capable of doing what i'm doing and i do it each and every time and when you have an organization going on like they got going on in england it's best that you keep a clean record it's yeah. best that you yeah. go yeah. all around don't you look at the, look at the fight didn't you see the ref 
he been trying to get from the from the from the fourth round on. He been trying to make that fight stop. He tried to stop that fight. He, he tried to get Takam to quit. He straight oh up tried God. to ask him in the fourth round, "Are you quitting?" And Takam <laughs> was looking at him like, "What? I am. I'm in the fight." <laughs> Look at all the look at all the breaks that he gave. He gave look at all the breaks that was in between the fight as well too. Because he, the boy got stamina problems as well too. You know anything to keep it squeaky clean to keep this money coming in. That's what it's about. Eddie Hearns don't really mm. care about them fighters for real, man. You talking about a a, a spoiled brat as a promoter that grew up with money ever since he was a a, a boy that his father gave the company to him and now what he's doing. So if a person grew up with money, all they gonna see is money. They they rather put money over loyalty at any day, and you can you know and and that's what he's seeing. You know that's why they're making so many excuses. That's why they know when it comes to Deontay Wilder, this man can stop everything that we're doing and what we're building. And that's why they're so hesitant. You know, and it, it's just sad, man. I'm just ready to get it on. I'm ready. To, I'm representing America <laughs> as a black man, and it's just time. It's time. Yeah, but now let me ask you this: So if you went, would you fight him in England? I'll go anywhere. Like I said, I'll go anywhere because they're making so many excuses. Now right. it's seeming like that's where we're going to have to go. First, yeah. they was talking about America. Now they're talking about, no, we just should stay here, mate. We should stay here. <laughs> Come on, mate. Give it a go. <laughs> and you know what, though? But I hear Eddie Hearn, and I hear what he says. I've never met Eddie Hearn before. And I, I, I watch a lot of the videos of him talking and so on and so forth. He, You know, he's trying to negotiate the purse in public and the whole right. song and dance. And, you know, ain't none of that right. But my thing is that if you if he goes to a place like England and fights, does he do you feel like you would get a fair shake if it went the distance? Right. Because this, not- is, this is my concern, too. I wanted to say that because we're seeing that in the middleweight division yeah. as well. There's a lot of suspect activity that seems to be happening across the pond. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you know, to be honest, I I just don't fathom my brain around it. I don't I don't worry about if I'm gonna get cheated or the judges or the pen because it's it's a lot of that goes, man. People don't understand that boxing, it's a it's a it's a rural business, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's crazy business. A lot of backdoor scene things go goes on. You know, anybody can put that fight in a position of winning. But with our situation, I'm blessed with power. I'm blessed with <laughs> athleticism. I'm blessed with I'm blessed with having an IQ. Yeah, my my team have the foremost high confidence in me that I could take any man out, you know. So that for that reason, I'm I'm ready for wherever. Like I said, I was going to out of all the countries, I was going to Russia. Yeah, and I know Russia don't like Americans. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm gonna saying? get afraid. You knew you yeah. had to put him to sleep. Now tell me this: Did you? This is a side note. Did you ever hoop? Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I did it through all of my high school years and stuff like that, but. You know, man, this is my calling right here. No, 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 no doubt about it. I'm just saying the way that you move. I actually, honest to God, I got a lot of respect for Anthony Joshua. I actually, he showed me a lot in that Klitschko fight. I was very, I was surprised. But the fight I saw last weekend seemed like he took a step backwards, honest to God. Even though Takan put a lot of pressure on him, busted his nose and blah, blah, blah. He didn't, he just didn't look right. And I heard you in an interview say something that was very interesting, which was about all that extra muscle. You're lean. Yeah. You're light. You look like you could go dunk on somebody because right. you're athletic. That Man, stiffness. I three people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They got to go low on you, low bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but but I really believe that's going to be a key to your longevity. Now the record's already stacking up. Thirty-eight wins is a lot of wins. I want to speak about the fight this weekend because I want to help promote it. Uh, I don't want to overlook anybody, anything. You got to fight the only man that went the distance with you in Burmain Stivern this weekend. This is another situation, in my opinion, where boxing is full of crap because I don't know how he's the mandatory uh, challenger after not fighting for two years and not looking great in his last fight. So you're going to fight Burmain again. Obviously, the goal is to win. It's your goal to put him to sleep this time so that you can avenge that one that you don't have. Oh, most definitely. That that what make this fight so exciting. And I tell people that's why they should come or watch this fight, just for the simple fact that when people get dressed, they come and see a, a heavyweight fight. They come to see the knockouts. Um, um, no question. Sure. With any fight, really, but especially with the big boys. And Stavern was the only one to escape. You know, he got. I beat him to an inch of his life. Like yeah, I said, I would. Yeah, he looked bad. He looked. You, you made him. You made him. You made him look. That, and, and I that jab was real. That jab is real. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Stavern is not. He's not a bum. He went. No. I mean, you made him look bad. I ran all over Miami. I was in Miami shooting ballers. I ran all over Miami because the hotel didn't have Showtime. I ran all over the place to try to catch that fight, man. And I caught the last seven rounds. And I said, Oh my goodness, it's Deontay Wilder putting a hurting on this boy. 
Man, hey, you you hey, you came in the right time though, because that seven round, I came out with eleven jabs. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> them stiff, it was stiff on him. It was, was stiff on him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. No, I was having too much fun, man. You know, if I'm gonna risk my life and put my life on the line, then I'm gonna have fun doing it. You know what I mean? Because I'm a type of person. I'm not. I'm not scared of death because death. Is something that's automatic. That's going to come. The only thing we can do is prepare for it in the best way we can. So the best way I prepare for it in the ring is to have fun doing it. I'm going to smile if I'm going out. But, uh, you know, we, 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 we come to destroy the opponent. You know, my mindset is to hurt you as bad as I can in there. And, I, you know, that's why it's so brutal because if any other fighter have the mindset that I have, what I want to do to a fighter, man, my God, man. It's, it's, <laughs> but that's how you got to be. Man, hey, let me ask you, you this. Got let me ask you this. Do you consider yourself the pound for pound best fighter in I, the world? I mean, I can't say it yet because I, I can't say it because I haven't fought the best in the world yet. You know what I mean? Mm. I haven't had that opportunity. And not I, by I, choice. I, exactly. That you just yes, need the chance. Yes. I'm a I firm believer in every single sport. You need somebody else to bring the best out of you. Now, the one knock that my brother here has ever said about you is, is that you fight to the level of your competition. Yes. When you fight yeah. in Stivern, you stepped up and you made him eat that jab and you punished him. Yes. To me, the fact that you always got to fight somebody at the last minute, like the dude Gerald Washington that jumped in, mm -hmm. you know, there's some people you had to fight late that you don't really get to prepare for. That puts you, you know, sets you behind a little bit. But also speak to that, to the discipline that it takes, because I believe that there's greatness inside of you, Tay. I'm telling you the real. I believe it's there. Oh, man. I really and, do. And, and, you know, and I'm 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 gonna show you come come November the fourth on Showtime at the Barclays Center what Deontay really is all about. You know, I I got man, I can box my ass off, man. That's no problem. But your brother definitely right. I definitely fight to the level of my opposition. You know, if I don't have to do much work, then why do it? Like I said, if it's if it's not that. broken, then why fix it? You know what I mean? But if I get a serious guy that I know serious and and, and I feel threatened by, you're gonna see a whole different work come out of me. You know okay. what I mean? And that's just how I, that's how I am. But, you know, since because everybody want to be technical fighter, everybody want to be for the people instead of just doing what you know how to do. I'm different and people don't understand different. The thing that I have going against me, I'm long, I'm powerful and I'm awkward. I'm very awkward and they can't figure that out. So many people think it's just the right. It's right. But it's more than that. It's more than that when it comes to me. They can't never figure me out. And for that reason, I love my style. I love what I do in the ring. And, you know, come come Saturday, I'm going to show people what boxing look like when it comes to Deontay Wilder. If they enjoyed the first fight. <laughs> and I enjoyed the first fight. I can't wait. That's why that's why I want to promote this fight is because I love to watch you work. I love to watch you work, brother. I love what you do in there. We ain't going to keep you all day. We just got a couple more questions. One of the callers actually uh, called in and asked a question. Can you pull up the, the voicemail? Um, but I have I have one for you that actually ain't got nothing to do with right now. Growing up, like it looks as though you look like uh, you're in great condition. But you grow up, and that's why I asked you about being a basketball player. Growing up, who was your favorite heavyweight, or who was your favorite boxer of all time? My favorite, my favorite boxer of all time, and he's also my idol as well too, um, Muhammad Ali for sure. And um, Tommy Hearns was one of my favorites as well. But Muhammad, I could see that. Yeah, Tommy I could Hearns see the hitman in you, a big version of the hitman. Long, rangy, and when he hit your ass, it's over. It's over. You know <laughs> the mean? hitman and major heart. Yeah. Yeah, so but Muhammad Ali was definitely my idol. And when it when it comes to being in shape and stuff like that, I want to address that, you know, Please. because a lot of people a lot of people see me and like, you a heavyweight? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm a heavyweight. Because they already have that persona of being big and muscular and stuff like that. And I tell people I look them in the eyes, I say, I'd rather be the part than look the part. How many guys you know have how many guys you know have, have looked the part or doing something, but be the weakest one in the crowd? <laughs> you that, know that's I mean? the real including in the ring i remember ring. a few years ago it was the young brother that came out of michigan state and he used to be a linebacker he was super ripped up i think his brother's name was sean washington i think that was his name and he had a couple a little early success and then he ran into some people who were the part as opposed to who looked the part and that ended his run man and i i agree with you i think that that you are you are the real deal I appreciate what it is that you bring to the table. And uh, and I also wanted to say, 
honestly, other than Stiverne, I would say the best fight that you had that I loved watching was that fight against Splitska, man, because he just knew he was in the fight until yeah. he didn't even see the punch to put him to sleep. Man, it's crazy. And, you know, this is the same thing. That's what it comes with the IQ of boxing and the smartness because I'm always thinking in the ring. You know, I'm always plotting. I'm always looking at different situations and stuff like that. And the Spuka, you know, definitely being in Brooklyn, man, they showed me hell of a love like that. It was crazy because man, I had they showed the love. Fun. They going to show man. love this Saturday too. What? Man, what? Alabama, said, Alabama worldwide, baby. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, yeah, with, with the speaker, you know, he was very, you know, I, I, you don't get too many southpaws in the in the in the in the, in the heavyweight division, um, and you know, I haven't, I, before him, I didn't, I hadn't sparred a four in three years with a with a southpaw, and hmm. then he coming in stupid awkward. Like he comes he in awkward. He moved weird. Man, it made it exciting. But even with the Gerald Washington fight, I, you know, I had him delusional in there. I had him thinking that he was in the ring, in the fight and stuff like that until the fourth round. That's when I picked everything up because I knew he was going to be excited. Look, the guy even had emotion. He cried at the press conference I because he that. was so happy. Wow. So I knew then, I like, he got his family here, his girls, his dad. All He's emotional, me. yeah. Oh, man, what? He coming to fight. So I had to <laughs> I had to let him think he was in the fight until until the fourth round. When I figured him out, when I let that energy run, that, that excitement energy, I call it, and that's what that's when the pressure came on, and that's when the opening. Because I saw many things, right. I had to wait. And sometimes people, when it comes to me, people, even with their opponents, it's like it's just like with Berman. A lot of people thought Berman was gonna beat me at first. Oh, this is the best test. This I beat him. After that, he becomes a bomb. You know, every time I fight a guy, they become a bomb. But then, then it's crazy. See, I forgot what I was gonna say next, man. No, but just that's but that's, a, that's the truth. I hear you, bro. Well, look, look here. We're not like I said. We ain't gonna take up your whole day. I'm about to. We're gonna play this call. Somebody. We told some people you were calling in. A caller had a question for you, and then uh, and then that'll be all we got for you, champ. Here you go. Oh, Terry, this boach. This question is for Deontay Wilder. Deontay, how do you think you match up with AJ? Oh, you well, think you he, could he, take he, him out? He already got, we already covered that. I, I thought he had a different question. Now, I tell you what, this weekend, November 4th, if you're in Brooklyn, scramble out there and get yourself a ticket. The American heavyweight champion of the world, the baddest man on the planet, Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder, will be fighting Bermain Stivern to defend his championship belt once again and to further his cause to unify all of the belts in the heavyweight division. Deontay, you are a friend and family of the Ozone. My brother, you invited to the barbecue. You can come eat up all the food when you ain't training. <laughs> Our mama can burn, and you got my word on that. You come out west, you ring my bell, brother. God bless you this weekend and beyond. Uh, man, blessing to you guys both, uh -huh. man, and, and, and much peace, baby. Bomb squad! <laughs> Let's do it! Let's do it. All right, now. All right, bro. It was great having, having the, the champ on. And it's a trip, though, because him speaking about his athleticism, but him speaking about fighting to the level of his competition, yeah. that's great. He's so honest. Yeah. How can you not like that guy? How can you not like that? It's refreshing. It is refreshing because athletes never want to do that. And mostly anybody nowadays wants to tell the truth. You know? Wow. Preach. Yeah. Honesty is. It's few and far between yeah. nowadays. It is very. a problem nowadays. It is. It's very hard to come across. He's just like he's talking about guys wanting to fight him. And guys want the juice that yeah, he that needs help. Come on. Yeah, that's – wow. He's a great champ right now. It's unfortunate that there's not a lot of talent out there or a lot of competition for him. And even if he does feel like he has some kind of competition, the guys are doing something underhanded to, you know, to not even get in the ring with him. I agree, though, that he should. they should get an L. It's got to be some kind of punishment. You can't just say, okay, well, get out of here then, you crazy kids. Yeah, there's got to be something, and then you never know. Your your theory might pop yeah, up because he's saying you can get somebody here on that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. And then somebody gonna end up in prison. Good <laughs> that. I don't, but, uh, I don't know. That might be too far. I don't nah, he won't put you in jail. Uh, you, he's, but he's his but he has theory, a valid yeah, point. When he when he, about when he broke it down, you can kill somebody. You can kill somebody. Those are the big boys. Let's see what else we got. We got uh, we got some information popping off. On the college football front, man, the lines are hot today. They also might need to start doing more than one episode a week. Uh-oh. Hello. Next victim, live in the Ozone. 
What up? What's up? Oh, next victim, we got to make it quick. We need the college report ASAP because we're actually about to head down to Chavez Ravine. Oh, y'all are nasty. <laughs> there we go. We're nasty. Right. Oh, yeah. We go to the World Series. That's we go, real nasty. We go, we go to the World Series and we're nasty. All right. And we're gonna, you're going right. to lose your segment soon. <laughs> What's wrong right. with you? So, so stop talking about Chavez Ravine right now. So college football. What happened in week 10? What happened in Ohio State? What happened to Penn State? What happened? Man, it was just a good game, Ohio State. They got that early loss early in the season. And uh, sometimes that helps with the BCS standards and the BCS uh, playoff picture. So um, Ohio State actually just just won the game. Good game, back and forth. They stopped the Penn State run, and um, that was just enough. Uh, The tight end for for Ohio State got the the, the touchdown, and they – up from number six to number three. Uh, Penn State dropped. They're, uh, I think they're at number six now. Um, a lot of good things going on in college football last week. Uh, my, one of my squads, number 15, Washington, lost to Arizona. Arizona goes into USC, who is playing pretty good this uh, this time around. Actually, after I called the the bad call before going on a vacation, I said uh, USC was going to put hands at Notre Dame, and that didn't happen. So maybe uh, USC will pull something off in uh, against Arizona this week. Real quick, got Clemson going at North Carolina State. Should be a good game. Got University of Miami playing. Um, TCU actually lost. TCU was ranked number two, and they lost to Iowa State at Iowa State which is a tough team to beat on the road at their home. Um, big games coming up this weekend, though. So Oklahoma, number eight. My young Sooners is playing at number 11, OK State. Oklahoma won over Texas Tech last week. Uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame's. Georgia's number two, looking real strong in the SEC uh, conference. Bama is playing at number nine, Virginia Tech. Do you think that there's a chance that VTech comes out with that dub? That's actually the game I wanted to speak on. That is going to be a great game. I think VTech will get Bama. You think? You think they're going to pull that upset I off? I think so. And the reason why, Bama has a couple of players that are suspended. Wow. So I'm going with I'm going with VTech. I'm going with VTech. I called Early on, when VTech, uh, when Clemson had played against VTech, and I went with Clemson, but we said that uh, VTech was a, a, a just a dangerous team. And them Hokies, you know, I'm not. Sh- I think it's in in Blacksburg, uh, Virginia too. So that's that's going to be a problem. A hell of a road game for for Bama to go in there and win. So I'm going. I'm rolling with VTech. That's my big picks. Ooh, we're gonna see if you can keep it alive. Keep it alive, Victor. Yeah. Where do they find you on the internet? Ooh, we! I'm at uh under the ozone. You know, you find my name at next victim at Twitter, so you can hit me up. Please hit me up. I'm looking for some followers. I'm looking to chat a little bit more, not just only on the ozone to the millions and billions and trillions and very, very, very popular people, but just little sidebar conversations about sports and anything else. There we go. It's an intelligent brother, and I heard you worked on your tan this weekend, victim. How was the trip? Yeah, the, the, the trip was awesome. Real relaxed. Got me a Dominican tan and a Dominican <laughs> tan. And, uh, <laughs> so you I got, got you a, my bro, a Broner tan. <laughs> Broner package. <laughs> yeah. Who you got? Who you got tonight? Game five, game six, World Series. Are the Dodgers coming back and pushing this thing seven, or are the, is it night lights out? Lights out. James Tony, it is like out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, victim. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, enjoy it. <laughs> All right, now go. go. Ladies and gentlemen, what a great addition of the Ozone. Very spirited, very bright. I have to say, we miss a lot within the context of a week because it's a long time. Um, but there's one thing I just wanted to add before I get out of here. I am extremely surprised that Joe Girardi was fired by the New York Yankees. As everybody knows, I support the Yankees uh, as well as supporting the Dodgers. And seeing Joe Girardi, who has done nothing but nothing but win, and even the bad moves that he's made pretty much have been seemingly swallowed up by, you know, like that when he didn't make that that challenge call or whatever, mm-hmm. they still won that series. They beat right. the best team in baseball, in my opinion. He just took his team to a game seven two years ahead of schedule, one year if you're really aggressive. 
Game seven to be to be 27 outs away from the World Series. The players, the young players, they, they bought in. Why do you get rid of Joe Girardi other than some sort of personal beef? And who do you sign? Who out there is better right now than Joe Girardi? We can go pick up Dusty Baker? Right. <laughs> Especially since the guy like Joe Girardi has come up through that system. He's been there with Jeter and everybody. I seen, well, I don't understand that move. It was completely off. There's the, something he was about he said. Joe Girardi. Because he also got fired down in, in Miami after winning Coach of the Year. Like that. Like a, I don't know what it I is. I think he's hard-nosed. And nowadays with the soft approach to everything and everything being politically correct and you not stepping on toes or whatnot, he's at the point, he's at that crossroad, whereas he's going to either have to start being like uh, a little bit, what do you call it, tempered or whatnot? Yeah, and I don't think he's interested in yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think he's interested in that, although I don't think that this decision was up to him in any kind of way. Yeah. But it's going to hurt their organization. I feel like it's going to take their growth back you know, to where it should have been at this point because he actually got along with his players. His players really respected him. Right. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, we're headed to the ravine. By the time you guys hear this, you may have a new World Series champion I'm your host, Omar Miller, folks. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Benjamin Franklin, the man on the face of the $100 bill. And he said, he that, he that can have patience can have what he will. Stay patient, folks, especially if you're sitting in traffic. God bless you. This is the Ozone. Peace. Ozone. Ozone.